I'm Jeff. I'm Ryan. And this is Put Up Your Spooks, a podcast where we review retro horror. I watch a show from the 80s. I watch a show from the 90s. And we fight to the death. I have died several times. Inside. In today's episode, we're pitting Goosebumps versus Tales from the Dark Side. The theme is piano. That's right. It's all piano, all horror, all the time. So I'm going to go first with Tales from the Dark Side, Season 2, Episode 6, The Satanic Piano. In this episode, there's a, uh, a Lionel Richie-type musician named Pete Bancroft, and he's struggling to produce his next album and uh he's in trouble with his record label so he's really under the gun and then he gets a call from out of the blue from a very sweaty inventor named farber who claims he has some new instrument that's gonna you know guarantee bancroft's success so bancroft is desperate and he goes to farber's place which i was delighted to see was this kind of high-tech lab that has like a musical keyboard lock and a big techno vault door a high-tech lab that clearly wasn't a few flats pushed together in a tv studio somewhere well you know so you suspend your disbelief but once he goes in through the high-tech door, it's like a magic dungeon complete with severed hands floating in a jar. Is that so? Yeah. I missed that part. I watched it twice, and I did not see any severed hands floating in a jar. As so thematically, as, yeah. a lot of hands in these both episodes, which is kind of similar to our last episode. Yeah. So I was very excited to spot the hands floating in the jar. And then there's candles and skulls and creepy voodoo stuff amongst all this technology. So Farber, the, the inventor, is showing off this new synthesizer. And he's like, oh, you can transpose it from one format to the other. And it also has like a 32-bit memory. And Bancroft is like, man, I've seen everything. I've used everything. This is just another fancy synthesizer. And Farber is like, no, no, no. This machine can read the music directly from your mind. Well, I think Farber maybe should have led with that instead of its, its you know, <laughs> recording capacity. But anyway. He's a gearhead, you know. He's like. <laughs> he was very, yeah, he's an engineer at heart. Um, and so, uh, Ryan, I want you to cut in a clip of the song that only science and magic combined <laughs> could record. <laughs> Sure to be top one hit. So that was Bancroft's song that he needed the uh, magical, scientifical synthesizer to I pluck from his brain. I liked it better before it became magically synthesized. I like I liked it before it got Hadesified. Well, way better. Either way, that is so cheesy, and it is hilarious that that is like that song. He's psyched about it <laughs> is the crux of the episode. Especially when you see how high the stakes get. So, 
So Bancroft decides he's got to have the magical synthesizer, and Farber says he can have it, but he's kind of cryptic, you know, about what it will cost him. So Bancroft goes home. He's working on the machine, and um, his daughter walks up to it, and it starts reading the song that she's working on from her mind. And it's like a sweet lullaby, a nice melody. It's a song about how much she loves her father. <laughs> to which Bancroft gets up, starts screaming at her to get away from Shut his... Shut up! <laughs> Knock it off! He starts screaming at his daughter to uh, to get away from the machine. But Bancroft is, is just really psyched. So he's telling his manager about the new machine and how he's creating all these hits and each one is better than the last. And the manager is like, wait a minute, Farber? That guy used to manage a heavy metal band. They were into like voodoo and satanic rituals and their lead singer died and bancroft is like he's the lame weirdo that's all just a bunch of mumbo jumbo but then bancroft gets back and finds the machine and lisa bonet missing so he rushes over to farber's lab and finds his daughter strapped to a table and farber tells him that the machine is sucking out her soul to create music and that it will cement his name in music history forever not to mention the fact that he's invented a device that sucks out souls. That seems counterproductive if you want to go down in music history. You get one song, and then the composer dies. Well, they live forever on in the machine. Basically, everyone oh, is a one-hit wonder. Oh, I see. It just wonder. continues. Or just, does it use their soul to keep creating number one hits? Unfortunately, we don't get to find out. <laughs> because uh, Bancroft... Yet punches the swirling soul monitor on the machine and it just melts his hand it's really gnarly he pulls his hand out it's all like black and twisted and the bones are all exposed and farber's laughing at him um you know saying that it's impossible to destroy the machine so the only thing that bancroft can do is he summons all of his strength to beam his cheesy song into the machine mentally and the song is so terrible that the machine kills itself. It basically kills Satan. His song is so bad. <laughs> it definitely kills the satanic machine. Um, and so the machine blows up and it takes uh, Sweaty Farber with it. And then uh, Bancroft rescues his daughter, who is shocked by his melted hand. And he tells her that it doesn't matter. She's the music now. Aww. It really warmed my heart. And right down to the cockles. was the satanic piano. Oh, man. So, that episode, I've never seen any of the other episodes, but, whoo boy, not a great episode of television. It was uh, pretty shockingly flat and cheesy. It was very cheap, very yeah. uninspired. I, was, I, I Like, obviously, they were working on an extremely tight budget, but I felt like they could have really upped their game with, like, just a, a just a couple of different uh, creative angles, like a little bit better lighting, which I think they could have done even on a limited budget. I mean, maybe their schedule was really tight as well, but it was just 100% flat angles, 100% It was flat like a five-page story. At most. That they, they left a lot of room for uh, bad, cheesy synthesizer music. Oh, right. A couple of 80s-isms I noticed in that episode. Uh, Soul-sucking. And Satanic Panic. There was good Satanic Panic. What other uh, soul-sucking is 
Uh, I think it you know just goes hand in hand with the satanic panic. No, all right. Everyone, all, all the well, parents mu- were worried mu- that the music and, was going to music and yeah. satanism. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Was that more of a seventies thing, or I think it was? No, I think that was eighties. Yeah. very much eighties. At, at one point, Farber goes, "I didn't know if you'd show." And the main character goes, oh, "You poked my curiosity." <laughs> Or you might have said pumped my curiosity, <laughs> but poked. either way, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, so I now I know why his songs are terrible. So my, my notes for uh, this episode of Tales from the Dark Side, uh, the executive producer was George Romero. It's uh, not really his style to get too flashy, so I guess I just kind of have to... Deal with it. Yeah. Um, the daughter was played by Lisa Bonet, who was one year into her gig on The Cosby Show. And Farber, the satanic inventor, was played by Phil Roth, who fought in World War II and was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. <laughs> quite, quite a pedigree. Now <laughs> on to the real meat and potatoes. No, I don't know. My episode was Goosebumps, Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. So there's a young boy named Jerry. Him and his extremely loving and understanding family move to a new town. He, they're unpacking, and he's down in the basement uh, where mysteriously a piano has been left behind, and he hears the piano playing itself. So, you know, that, that, that can happen. But as the father observes, oh, it's not even a player piano. It's just a normal piano. <laughs> they don't believe him that it was playing itself, but we all heard it. So then he's playing ball out in the driveway, as you do in the 90s. And he meets his neighbor, who is a lovely uh, African-American girl. And I only say that because there's a huge 90s-ism here of like interracial friendships and interracial uh, romance, which is like a huge thing for 90s kids' television especially. And that's why I keep saying like we were way more progressive back in the 90s than we are now, where it's like this huge battle because not people aren't seeing enough representation on screen. And I don't know if it's... You know, if it was a cynical thing back then, but it was I, happening all the time. I don't think it was cynical. I think some of it was tokenism. Like, mm-hmm. well, we got to have one black character in there. Um, That's possible. However, I like I definitely read something once upon a time about like the Pelican Brief and how the Denzel character and the Julia Roberts character like kiss and stuff in the book. But in the movie, they just had them hug because they were like, "You, we can't show a black man kissing a white woman. But there are episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark where there's like... They just get nasty with black it. Black guys and white girls who are boyfriend and girlfriend. And it's never mentioned. It, like They don't make a big deal of it. They're, it's just the way it is. Maybe that's because of it was all shot in Blessed Canada. Canada. But, <laughs> but it was it was like a utopia of, uh, of uh, equality back there. In the of miscegenation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, he's like, uh, she has a violin, I think, and uh, I think she has a violin case, and she's like, hey, let's jam sometime, and he's like, oh yeah, I totally played the piano, actually, and then this is where you expect him to run in and be like, I gotta learn the piano, but he flat out tells her, actually, I'm lying to you, I don't know how to play the piano, but then he still rushes in and, and uh, asks for lessons, so we're hyper speed off to the shriek school, well, because... Do you remember what the ad said? No, I don't remember. It said, the "Learn the hands-on way." Learn the hands should have been learn the hands-off way. <laughs> so his super understanding parents. There's no conflict here in this family whatsoever. They're like, "Eh, we feel like you need to get a little more involved." 
I would say the conflict is that the parents are worried about their son's He's sanity. a little insular because he spends a lot of time with himself In and his, his imagination. imagination. Um, which I would have been happy to just be left alone. Uh, same deal. Uh, I once told the doctor that I like playing in, in boxes, and my mom was mortified. But that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> so you relate to this I, I, Yeah, definitely. Uh, so they're, they're off to the Shriek School, and who should the instructor be but our old friend, Dr. Vink? I a, was a, a, a. so excited when <laughs> Dr. Vink popped up as Dr. Shriek. Jeff asked me, have you seen the episode yet? And I said no, and he just laughed maniacally. And so while I was watching, I was waiting for the moment that you were talking about, not knowing what it was, and then who should appear but Dr. Vink as Dr. Shriek the piano instructor, with a fake beard. Now, I had a problem with this because I've seen his real beard, and it is magnificent. Well, the artificiality kind of adds to the character. And going against uh, type yet again, Dr. Shriek is an incredibly calm and understanding uh, mentor figure who is very patient with Jerry and simply says, it's okay, you hit a sour note, don't worry about it, you just need to focus, you're all good, my boy. And of course points out his exquisite, exquisite hands, even before their lesson. So they finish up their lesson, uh, he's like, okay, I'll see you later, Dr. Shriek. And he, but then his imagination kicks into overdrive and he goes through the do not enter door, where he is beset by a robot with glowing red fiery eyes, and um, saved at the last minute by the kindly janitor, Mr. Toggle, who is a mechanical genius and can build anything, but for some reason works as a janitor at a music school, which is hidden in an industrial park. So I don't get that, but at any rate, I mean, I guess he's, you know, he's got his own thing going on. <laughs> so he tells him, hey, yeah, don't you worry, it's just a robot, blah, blah, blah. Jerry goes home, and then that night... He hears the ghostly piano music again, but this time he actually sees a ghost playing the piano in his basement. And she says, stay away from the Shriek School. And he's like, shit, fuck. And his parents are like, don't swear. And he's like, but there's a ghost on the... That didn't happen. I made that part up. But he's like, there's a ghost and she's playing the piano. But then he still goes back to the Shriek School. Well, there's a cute girl next door yeah, that he she, wants to he jam wants to with. Jam with. It's true. So they go. So he goes back for his second lesson, and he gets a little nervous. He hits a sour note, and Doctor Shriek with a shra 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 says, <laughs> "Don't worry about it. You just lost your focus." And then he notices Jerry biting his nails, and he fucking freaks out. He says, "Whoa! What are you doing? Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, these hands! Oh, these hands!" And then he starts chasing him down the hall. And Jerry's like, you freak! Get the fuck away from me! <laughs> Dr. Fink ch- literally chases him around the... I mean, Dr. Dr. Shriek, Shriek. Dr. Shriek chases him around the whole building. Now, all my, like... All my, uh... Well, all props to Dr. Shriek and this actor. Because if he's in your show, he's giving you 150%. He's elevating everything he's a part of. I guarantee the Welcome, Welcome to Croatia show was fucking gangbusters <laughs> only because of his involvement. So T- Tourism to Croatia actually saw spiked. a huge increase. So he's bouncing off the walls. Your hands! Your hands! That was and Jerry's amazing. freaking out, running away. He, uh, he, he bursts through a door in this basement of the Shriek School and... 
what to his wondering eyes should appear but an endless an endless eternity of pianos being played by sets of severed hands like thing style just uh just playing away um and he's like whoa what and then dr shriek <laughs> dr shriek breaks through the door and says your hands and he grabs them and then he's like oh god get off of me and then the janitor mr toggle comes in and says don't worry uh, and, and whips out a remote and shuts Dr. Shriek down. It turns out Dr. Shriek was a robot this whole time. And his arm, his hand pops off. And, uh, oh, it should be noted that Dr. Shriek made a comment much earlier about, my hands just don't work like they used to. It actually worked at that level when you first meet Dr. Shriek. You're like, oh, he's a he's sad old, old and, yeah. piano teacher. It's kind of poignant. You know, he has crippling arthritis or or something. Uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. Twist. Twist. Robot. Robot. Uh, so Mr. Toggle says, oh, don't worry. It's fine as long as you're okay. And he's like, Jerry's like, yeah, I'm good. No problem. And he then does, Toggle gets, He does brush it off. Yeah, he brushes easily. it off immediately. And then Toggle says, I'm talking about your hands, Jerry. Show me them hands. And Jerry's like, oh, yeah. I don't see any problem here. Don't, not bumping on this. Shows him his hands. And then Toggle flips the switch. He toggles his own switch and goes insane. Oh, my God, your hands. Whoa, all these supple, young, nubile hands. And then Jerry's like, wait a minute. You're the mastermind behind the hand scam. Toggle wants to cut off Jerry's hands in order to make them play piano because... He or attach them to his next robot it's, to create a kind of clear. cyborg it's piano player? It's not clear, because the severed hands are playing piano. He says, I can't build robot hands. They're too difficult. I need real boy hands. And it's never made clear how he, ma- how he animates the severed hands. The autonomous hands... And upon- I think he's also practicing voodoo, because he's not turning them to robots. I mean, he very clearly states he can't do robot hands. But the hand that came off of... That was a robot hand that didn't work properly. Right. But the hands that are that are playing the pianos, I guess they're just playing simplistic tunes. They can't do No, they're playing the perfected fine. tune. We'll get there. All right. Because Jerry's only saved at the last second by Piano Ghost Lady, who's like this hideous ghoul with stumps for hands, it's revealed. She's always had her hands in her pockets. I don't know how the fuck she was playing ghost piano in the very beginning if she didn't have any hands. That's a good... Oh, plot may, hole. May, may, no, maybe it was uh, a telekinetic layer. Psychic piano. But also... Um, maybe she, she, yeah, maybe she, she was comes... using the piano from the Tales from the Dark Side episode. <laughs> <laughs> but she comes out of the kid's body. Well, I think she just kind of appears between them and knocks him out of the no, way. No, she straight up comes out of his body. Well, because the, the night playback. before, he Either was way. possessed and playing oh, piano. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. He was possessed. That's right. So Toggle freaks out, uh, drops Jerry, who, like, freaks out and runs away. The ghost lady is Toggle's mom, I guess? No, piano teacher. She's his piano teacher. You know, they knew each other intimately, uh, biblically, perhaps. And presumably he cut off her hand. So he he was never able to. He's too goddamn lazy. He He couldn't practice enough to make perfect. So he just cut off her hands, I guess. And then presumably she died by because of her hands getting cut off and presumably all those other 
hands owners also died because there aren't a bunch of handless people running around town. And presumably he would also have killed Jerry after he cut off his hands. Oh, interesting. So you think he had a string of bodies on him? Oh, yeah. All those hands that were playing pianos were other murder victims. And that's why the ghost was saying, stay away from the Shriek School. It'll be your doom. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he cut off his piano teacher's hand. She dies. She turns into a ghost. And then she finally gets her revenge on him by making him practice, practice, practice. Uh, Jerry finds his parents outside, hops in the car, does a sweet Dukes of Hazard move. Uh, and then for some reason, ghost piano teacher, like, spooks her way out of the door. She really puts up her spooks in this episode. Because <laughs> uh, she can't put up her dukes. The parents are terrified. Later, Jerry and his new girlfriend talk about his parents needing therapy. And then we cut to Toggle playing Until Eternity. Fade to black. Cue music. And that is Goosebumps. Piano lessons can be murder. So that was the first episode of Goosebumps I'd ever seen delightful uh yeah i was uh not a i watched goosebumps in my youth and funny story they had a competition uh on fox kids in my locality where you could send in a postcard and win a chance to to win a walk-on role in an episode of goosebumps and i saw it as my big break so i sent like 150 postcards what really but i'm sure but i sent them all at once so i'm sure uh. the, the the poor intern whose job it was to gather up all the postcards like saw my big clump of postcards and just like threw them all in the garbage because i know i did the same thing when i was working for jeopardy as an intern uh, gathering up tickets although i never threw away anyone's Everyone got a ticket in that case, so I didn't, like, fuck anyone over. But people tried to game the system by writing in multiple times. Was there a limit to how many times you could write in for the Goosebumps contest? No, I don't think so. And mm-hmm. I had, I had uh, before, they were always running contests, and I would send a postcard. And some I must have read something or seen something about people, like, entering, you know, a zillion times. So I was like, I, ooh, I got this. I think what you saw was... Uh... All right, hold on. Now I got. I gotta look this up. I can uh, babble here while you're doing that. What? I, okay. Uh, I desperately wanted to be in the movies and TV back then, and so yeah, I saw that as my big break. I did not win the competition, but when I finally saw that episode, the kid. It was a Halloween episode, and the kid walked on screen during trick or treat. Said, "Let's go over there," and then walked off. And I was. St- Pleased that it wouldn't have, realizing it would not have been my big break, but still a little, a, a little sad. But anyway, I was not as huge a fan of Goosebumps as I was Are You Afraid of the Dark, and so I don't remember any of them at all, except for that one scene of the trick-or-treating kid. Uh, but yeah, was highly delighted by the episode. Still cheap, still just as cheap as Tales from the Dark Side, but they dealt with it better. I think the movie you saw was Real Genius, where the guy in the basement entered the contest like one million times. It's possible, although I don't think I had seen Real Genius at that point. Mm. I'm sure it's like been a trope or whatever. Like I definitely saw it somewhere because I wouldn't have come up with that idea on my own. Well, Real Genius came out in 1985. Yeah, but I didn't see Real Genius until I was like in my 20s. Fair enough. So, so I really liked that um, there was a reversal in that episode where all throughout the episode, the parents are concerned about the kid's wild imagination, which, of course, uh, kind of overlaps with 
this ghost he's seeing and he's, he's freaking out and trying to convince them that the piano is playing itself and there's a ghost playing the piano. So they are like thinking he might need therapy. And at the end of the story, they need therapy because they actually saw a ghost. It's funny. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Also, you know, he, he had a wild imagination and he would like play James Bond and whatever, but Also, because it was, like, pre-internet and stuff, I mean, he was out playing baseball and shit. Like, he was playing outside and having an active, healthy lifestyle. He wasn't just sitting on his computer all day or, like, playing Nintendo all day every day, which is what mostly you'd be like, Oh, son, you need to get out there and play. They were like, oh, he's just, he's too insular. Well, out it's, there playing baseball. It was kind of baseball, funny. They're like, "You need some hobbies. Around. You need to get out there." And the very next shot is him playing baseball. Playing baseball. But he's playing with himself. Well, he just moved into the neighborhood. I That's mean, jeez, you guys freak out a little less. Once he started smashing it with that uh, uh-huh, neighbor uh-huh. girl, I think the dad would have been like, "All right, you're good." No, we gotta we gotta nip this in the bud. He was not a '90s enlightened dad. Um, he was from the '50s. So. I have a theory about the ghost. The uh-huh. ghost of the piano teacher was not just a specter. She was very cadaverous, mm-hmm. and she had severed hands. Because she bled out. Actually, she didn't have severed. She didn't have like uh, exposed stumps. No, she had. Oh, she had healed she over had healed stumps. stumps. That's so. True. What I think was that Mister Toggle cut off her hands and kept her alive seven style and that's why she was so sickly and cadaverous that's probably in her ghost form that's probably true because he Unless probably just needed couldn't... her to program the hand robot or yeah, something yeah definitely or like is this good enough for you this, you know this playing what the funny thing about that is like i'm sure that that's not what happened but that Fox kids wouldn't let them show like bloody stumps, and so they just had they had to be like healed over stumps for like the censors. But it adds such a incredible gruesome layer to the story. It does, but also they could have just. I mean, they went to the trouble of making a, a vaporous specter that could have been the ghost. Instead, they made her like super corpsey, super corpse like. Uh-huh. I'm going with that being the, with the first I'll, and most I'll terrible kill of mr toggle's young career and then except in the way back corner there were like a couple of cat paws playing a little mini piano that was his true first that's just bonkers (laughs) that's bonkers (laughs) Ah. all right let's get into ratings yeah let's do it let's go scare factor (laughs) well there was nothing scary in tales from the dark side again uh under Scare Factor, I just put zero. Zero. Scare Factor, <laughs> zero. I mean, his gr- his grizzly hand was cool. I think the whole budget went to his, like, bone hand. Yeah. And it, and it honestly, they cut cool. around it pretty rapidly. So yeah. if you really scrutinized it, I think you'd find a lot of ketchup. Yeah. Literally nothing scary about Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, but I got to say, in Goosebumps, when Mr. Shrieks is freaking out. Dr. Shriek. The kid, I'm sorry. He went to <laughs> doc, robot, robot doctor, medical robot school. medical school. Uh, doctor shrieks like when he's grabbing his hands and chasing him. Your hands, mm-hmm. your hands. I want your hands. Your beautiful hands. Beautiful hands. Beautiful hands. 
They milked that. Oh yeah, they used they went for every it. take, and every shot, and then when the ghost flew out of the school and kind of <laughs> telepathically held the family's car in place so that she could kind of scream at them. Yeah, that was that was a big spook moment while flinging music sheets around. Right, it wasn't scary, but it it upped the scare factor. I for would a say. seven or six or seven year old, which I wasn't, but I'm saying in general, eh, probably pretty scary. Oh gosh, that would have been super scary. Okay, gross factor. Um, so in uh, Goosebumps, you had severed hands, severed hands, which is gross, mm. and then. You know, we have the the ghoulish dismemberment and torture of the piano teacher. Um, And the ghoulish hand slavering. But uh, in Tales from the Dark Side, you had the dude's melted hand, which is super gross. And you had the sweaty barber. So, so sweaty. I saw saw his sweat drip into his mouth at one point. Oh, yeah. It was disgusting. I got to say, gross factor. I got to give it to you, too, because it made me want to take a bath. And I don't take baths. <laughs> All right. The what the factor? I think I'm going to give the what the factor to Goosebumps. I mean, it, it's another. it was another kind of manic, weird, like, what the <laughs> fuck is going to happen next? Much like the Are You Afraid of the Dark. It what, that, that collision of robots and ghosts and possession. And mechanical genius janitors. Like, why wasn't he just selling robots? He could have made a fucking fortune. Well, if he wasn't a nutcase, I guess it, he just it, wanted to make beautiful music. That so was all his obsession in Tales from the Dark Side, they had a telepathic soul-sucking synthesizer built by a satanic music manager. That's true. That's pretty what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. Hmm, it wasn't as much of a twist, whereas. Also, Goosebumps kind of came out of left field. Like, isn't it you thought called you were the watching... Tale of the Satanic Piano? It is. So, like, right off the bat, you know what you're getting into. Uh, true. Whereas the Goosebumps one, you it started with the ghost. So you did not see r- robots and no, or cyborgs. Certainly not. All right. What the factor I'm going to give to Goosebumps. <laughs> it's close, though. It is close. All right. Which one delivered on the theme of piano better? Well, they, in Goosebumps, they actually play piano. In mm. Tales from the Dark Side, it's a mind-reading synthesizer. It doesn't even have keys. Yes, but it was about music and less about hand dexterity. It was about the, yeah, the but soul. Yeah, piano mm. is all about hand dexterity. Well, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, I feel like uh, the satanic piano was all about your soul and the music and the essence, whereas... Uh, you know, at the Shriek School, they wanted the manual dexterity. Well, they were de- they were trying to give kids a realistic portrayal of what it takes to learn the piano. You can't start playing There's Mozart. There's no satanic piano you can just beam your thoughts into. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. I mean, personally, I would give it to Goosebumps. But if you want to call it for Tales from the Dark Side and, and, gi- were- and give it a tie game on this one, well, I won't 
fight you. There were a lot of pianos in the Goosebumps episode. A lot of pianos. All right. I think I'm going to give the theme to Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Put up your spooks. However, I came up with a new scoring system. Vink Factor. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta give it to Goosebumps on this one. So, although Doctor so, Stoddard or whatever his name is is pretty vinky. So, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Farber in Tales, Tales from the Dark Side, I had him at ninety nine percent vink factor yeah. because he was using science and magic, and he was gross, and he was really gross. Shriek was not so gross, but the fact that you had the the you had Dr. Vink yeah. who was playing Dr. Shrieks and it was full of robots and ghosts. Give I gave uh Goosebumps uh Vink factor of 150%. Oh shit. Yeah, if he lost the Vink factor it'd be a sad day for sure. Yeah, it would be a sad day. Sad day for put up your spooks. But I was surprised at how close. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. Farber Very brought close it. race. Very close race. So what I'm gathering here is that we have another win in the Ryan column. Another win uh, for the 90s Canadian TV yeah. horror anthology. They just had it. <laughs> they just had it. It was a strong episode. I'm not gonna, I was delighted for, for, through the whole thing. Yeah, I hated Tales from the Dark Side episode so much. Uh, well, you know, I guess I can't say I hated it. I was just super bored with it. As a child of the 80s, the incredible cheesy 80s-ness of it and that guy Bancroft who was on a white leather couch in a white shirt <laughs> doing like, cocaine doing cocaine with like his shirt unbuttoned he's like I'm Bancroft baby of course the Bonet factor and Lisa Bonet like um, yeah there's a lot to enjoy about his, Tales from the Dark yeah, Side his mustache oh he was Lionel uh, Richie just also, to the nth degree yeah um and that song that the song is still stuck in my head so and Cheesy. maybe that's because I just rewatched the episode right before this, but I'm, it's going to take a while for that to get out of there. <laughs> the idea that that would have sucked his soul out, and he would have played that soul for that song for oh, eternity, yeah. and the idea that that would have been a number one hit, even in the '80s, that would not have been a number one hit. Hang on, I'm going to try and reproduce it, just making... I'm going to layer my, my beats on top of each other, okay? All right. <clears throat> uh, that'll probably do it. It really is like watching Ryan mentally project his musical essence feel that, into America? the technology. And Zimbabwe. <laughs> Mozambique. Mozambique. I wish number we had one, Zimbabwe. one hit in Mozambique. <laughs> Ryan's version of the Tales from the Dark Side. All right, Ryan. I've been inspired by watching these episodes and trying to figure out what the essence of, of music and, and how much soul goes into music. These shows were made in 85 and 95. It's 2019. We have the technology. I think... We can mentally impress our best, purest song into this recorder. Okay, think, think, think. Music, music. (sighs) Poetry, beauty. Something that will last forever. I've got it.
So I challenge you. Let's hear what you got. Here I go. This has been another Put Up Your Spooks. Thanks for come scaring two shows with us. Get it? Special thanks to Jonathan Olson for composing our theme music. You can email him at Stepwise Studios to get your own electronic and synth pop songs. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeff. Rerun for your life!